Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. It is a wise thing to praise God. But someone might ask the legitimate question, why should I praise God? And the scripture reveals to us three reasons why we should worship God, praise God, and to do it sincerely. The first reason is because of who He is. He is the Lord God Almighty. And because of who He is, He is worthy of praise. Secondly, because of what He has already done. God has done many wondrous things for His people, for this creation, and therefore we should recognize Him in doing these things and honor Him. And the third reason is because of what he will do. And I'm speaking specifically about God moving in a person's life for one primary reason, and that is that the will of God might be fulfilled in that person. And that's what you and I should desire. And what we're going to learn in this psalm is that worshiping God sincerely will move us it will bring about a change in our life whereby we are positioned in god's will and again this is where we should want to be well take out your bible and look with me to the book of psalms and now we're ready for psalm 108 before we begin i want to point out two words now they are closely related in meaning They both mean in a general way to sing. In the Bible, that singing is unto the Lord, as I said already, for the purpose of praise and worship. So these words are similar. Oftentimes, they are translated differently into various languages, but they are very closely related. Let's begin. Psalm 108 and verse 1 where it says sheer this is a word for song it's a melody and again it's frequently used in the book of psalms for worshiping god a song of praise a song of worship and then we have a word that we've come across many times before ms more it is rooted in that same concept of singing and praising God normally when it's a noun in this form. We simply translate it a psalm. So we're dealing with a psalm that is a song and a psalm, and it belongs to David, meaning David is the author of this. Move on to verse 2 in the Hebrew Bible. This probably is still verse 1 in most other languages. So we're going to be a verse off. So make notice of that. 
When I say a verse, you're probably going to be one less than that. Verse 2. The next thing that it says is the word nechon. Nechon is, in modern Hebrew, a word which means correct. And therefore, the next word is heart. So David is praying to God in this psalm, and notice what he says. He says, correct is my heart. Now, that corrected heart can be a heart which is established, and that goes through through a change whereby we acknowledge God, we enter into a covenant with God, and God works in our life to change our heart from being a heart of uncircumcisedness to a heart that's circumcised. But this word simply means a heart that has been established, one that is now corrected, one that is sensitive and contrite for the things of God. And he says, Nechon libi, my heart is correct, O God. Now, some would say a corrected heart has a specific characteristic. And what is that? That it trusts in God. It believes in Him. It is responsive to the Lord's will. So ask yourself a question. Has your heart been corrected? Has your heart been established by God? Are you sensitive and committed to the things of God? And when I say things of God, I'm speaking about his commandments, his will, his purposes. David is. And how is that manifested? Well, we come back to these these same two words again where he says, I will sing, and again, this is in the context of worship. Not just singing anything, but singing unto the Lord. I will sing, and then he has this same word that is for singing, where the phrase a psalm comes from. And let me repeat myself. This is a word that in its base form means to cut. And when we use it within the context of worship, as it appears, if it's the word psalm or the word for singing, singing unto the Lord, Why is it this word, this root for cutting? Worship removes things in our life that are inappropriate. So let me say it again. Worship removes things that are in our life which are inappropriate, which are a hindrance. I've said that this word can be in a different form, but same root, which has to do with the pruning shears. What she used to cut away those things in a plant, in a bush, in a tree that are not healthy, that that are not good, that they are located there. So worship helps us purify ourselves, rid us of those things that are in conflict with the purposes, the will of God. And then he concludes this verse, verse 2, with the phrase, af kivodi. Now, again, I'm using a Bible that has the Hebrew text and then underneath it, also Hebrew, but this is to help us understand it. And the word af can mean even, and it's a, an exclamative, meaning it's a word that emphasizes. Now, in my translation underneath in Hebrew, it has for the word af, yachad, which means together. So he's praising God, and he says, together, 
my glory well what does that mean those things that are precious those things that are important to david those things that are honorable in his life everything that is of value that david has he is using those things bringing those things unto god in worship meaning that he's offering up those precious things to him unto the lord what is that a reference to putting god first so worship demands that we put god first over all things now let's move to the next verse verse three he says rise up and this is word for waking up and the context is david is getting up early for the purpose of worshiping god so if we're serious about something we put it first on our agenda on our list of things to accomplish and those things which are most important we want to do early in the morning and we'll get up in order to accomplish that and david is saying rise up and then he uses two words the word for a harp and a word for perhaps a violin and he says i will get up when i will get up and then he has the word shahar which means uh the first part of the morning the earliest or we could translate it with the word dawn so david is committed to worshiping god to praising god and giving god the first part and bringing everything that is precious to him unto the lord meaning holding nothing back verse 4 he says i will give thanks among peoples O lord so david's praise and worship is that which is public which is a testimony a witness he does it among peoples and again the word people is plural so it means in a broad sense doesn't matter who david is not shy about worshiping god and then he says that same word for singing it's that second one having to do with getting rid of something pruning trimming ridding yourself of those things which are a hindrance to worshiping god and serving god he says i will sing unto you among the nations this is a generic word which means governments nations countries so first he says i'm going to do so among the peoples this would be individuals the second word has to do before nations meaning that he is going to manifest his worship of god his praising of god his singing unto god before nations he's not going to allow some government to change him from worshiping the lord verse 5 why does he do it well here's one reason he says for great and this word great can mean strong powerful mighty large so you are great is that is the implication he's speaking to god and he says for great above the heavens is what your grace now this term grace is inherently related to the character of god meaning this other places it speaks about god being gracious and god gives that grace to to individuals and here's another reason to worship in fact we can say it this way one is not able to worship god until he has received 
your grace O god and then he says unto the skies and there's a debate whether this is the lower part of heaven or the upper portion of heaven in modern hebrew it's simply the word for sky you can make a distinction between the sky and the heavens some will say that that distinction that we make is not really reflected in these two different words but nevertheless he says unto the heavens we might say is your truth now we see something that's parallel obviously heavens and skies are parallel these two words also grace and truth so if you want to be a recipient of god's grace you need to receive his truth and what do i mean by receiving his truth applying that truth to one's life verse 6 he uses a word it's the hebrew word ruma and it comes from the word exalted that which is high that which is lifted up and he says high over the heavens O god so god is high over the heavens he's supreme in other words and over all the earth is your glory now again we see with glory is parallel god so he's a god of glory and what god does and simply who he is is glorious verse 7 on account of this or for the sake of your loved ones beloved ones which may be better how it should be translated on account of your loved ones what does he do well it says here that you rescue from evil now literally it's just the word from for rescuing or delivering but what's important is this this is a word which means to be released we get in modern hebrew that same word for a corkscrew so there's something under pressure that's been put in a location and it's now being removed it's being released it's being set free and what god is saying here and notice the the connection david has emphasized up to now one thing worshiping god singing praises to god acknowledging god is great he is above the heavens he is supreme he is exalted and because of all of this we see that worship is going to bring about an outcome and what is that for your beloved ones oh god you will and it's a word of deliverance release liberty being set free and then it says your right hand and again some will relate this to messiah the savior the redeemer your right hand and then it says has saved now in one sense when we look at this and we look at the first word it's in the future but this word is in the past we're still talking about a future event yes god has saved in the past but the purpose of the past tense here is to show that god is totally committed to saving delivering rescuing his people and that that it's already been decided we may be wanting that salvation meaning that deliverance that help 
in some situation that we need to be to be released from the enemy but god has already declared it and it's simply a matter of time when we receive that deliverance and then he says at the end of verse 7 in the hebrew text va'aneni and answer me so god will answer he is going to respond to his beloved ones now probably the question is this how do i become a beloved one of god first of all there are numerous benefits for being a beloved one of god and how do you become one very simply you enter into a covenantal relationship with him today what covenant is available to one to enter into the answer is the new covenant and that new covenant is connected to the gospel so once we accept god's grace respond to his truth enter into that new covenant believing in the work of messiah the power of his blood applying that blood to our sinfulness being redeemed and reconciled to god we have a new identity through that new covenant we become a new creation and that is that we belong to the family of god and we become beloved by him and therefore he as it says at the end of verse 7 he will answer me david has that assurance that confidence look now to verse 8 god he has spoken in his holy place now that refers to the sanctuary the holy place within the temple and prior to the temple the tabernacle for us today it may be in the holiness of his his heavenly habitation but god has spoken in his holy place and what happens well god speaks and what does god speak god speaks his will he speaks his purposes and what do we know what he says will be when god speaks it is so we're dealing with an outcome of of the will of god being being brought about so god speaks in his holy place and because his will is going to be the outcome what does david do he says i will rejoice and this is a word that expresses great joy great happiness great gladness and then notice this what's happening well i've already mentioned to you god is going to speak and his will is going to be manifested his purposes are going to be fulfilled and what are we talking about now the distribution of the land god is sovereign over all things and that includes the land and we're speaking specifically of the promised land what we're going to see here is an emphasis on the land of israel and the fact that there are enemies related to it and these enemies are going to be set aside they are going to be defeated and the context is this when we worship god sincerely when we praise him honestly then we can expect god to move to bring about his will and this is exactly what he's saying here why 
Well, after David says, Lord, you have spoken in your holy place and I will rejoice, what's God going to do? He is going to divide, God says, I will divide Shechem. I will divide Shechem is how we would say it in English. He is going to distribute it to whom he wants. And who is that? His beloved ones, those who are recipients of his grace, those who have entered into a covenant with him. So I will distribute Shechem and the valley of Sukkot. Now, some have said that in this verse, Shechem is an important term because it deals with, with God's dwelling presence. And how do we experience God's dwelling presence in our life? We experience it. How? Well, the next word, the valley of Sukkot, Sukkot is a holiday. It means tents. And what we have here is a term that relates to trusting God, uh, depending upon God, relying upon God. And therefore, what the scripture is saying is this. When we make depending trusting relying upon god our priority now why do i say priority the word shem yes it relates to glory but more precise it represents a priority something that is is significant and causes a person to put it first in his order of priority this same word is is related to that which is of significance so we look here and it says i will divide or distribute shem and the valley of sukkot i will and the next word is to measure out and again this is a word to proportion to give a portion and to hand it out so god is talking about distributing the promised land that has to be done for the kingdom of god to be established look at verse 9. he says to me is gilad let me ask you a question do you believe that you see gilad is actually in jordan and this is one of the places that before the kingdom will be established that will be brought into the possession of the land of israel this psalm is just announcing it other scriptures like the prophecy of ovadia obadiah also supports this so to me is gilad to me is manasseh and ephraim and we're talking about that that northern portion of land and manasseh and ephraim they for example where their inheritance was indeed on the other side at least uh Manasseh had an inheritance on the other side of the Jordan River Manasseh and Ephraim brothers and it shows this unity this coming together it also says meoz which is a word for strength here when it says the strength of my head it's probably talking about a shield a helmet something for defense and then finally and this has messianic implication it says judah why do i say messianic implications messiah comes from the tribe of judah and the next word me has to do with 
administrating, ruling, uh, putting forth the rules of the government and putting them into action and enforcing them. And that is going to be related to Judah, specifically to the one who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, Messiah. Now, in verse 10, it's going to begin to speak about enemies and how enemies are going to be defeated. One of the enemies he mentions here, look at verse 10, Moab. Moab was a country that hindered and worked against the purposes of God. And therefore, he says, Moab will be a a wash basin. We have the word seer, which is a word for a pot. And then we have the word roxy, which is for my washing. So a pot of my washing will be Moab. And Edom, another enemy of God's people, the origin of Edom is Esau. So again, Esau wanting to hinder and thwart the things of God. And he says, upon Edom or concerning Edom, I will cast my my sandal. So he says, you know, a sandal is dirty. It is, is something that is not a garment of honor. And he says, I'm going to throw my sandal at Edom and upon Peleshit. Now, Peleshit is the root for the Palestinians. Same root for the Philistines. Today, they change a letter because they want to not use the identical word, but it's that same root. And he says, basically, concerning uh, Peleshit, concerning the the palestinians he says i am going to shout and this shouting is a shout of victory or triumph so he's saying here of that enemy all of them god is going to triumph over them verse verse 11 who will bring me to the city and the city of a fortress a stronghold so david saying who is going to bring to me this city cause me to dwell in a city a safe place and who is going to lead me unto edom now what he's talking about here is this battle one of the things we look at in the scripture in regard to the last days and the final war that edom is going to be defeated and that's what david is talking about here that God is going to distribute the land, David and the son of David, which are, are in one sense, the son of David has to do with Messiah or the people of Messiah. And David is basically being an example that, that the people of Messiah, believers in him, are going to ultimately receive the land. What land? This is an idiom for kingdom they're going to have a kingdom experience and it is going to if you look at obadiah if you look at ezekiel chapter 35 we find that messiah is going to do battle with edom and destroy edom and this victory is what's going to bring about the establishment of the kingdom of god verse verse 12 now here we have a a word a technical word and it's a word in hebrew halo and it can be used 
for asking a question which expects a negative answer, a negative response. So here, surely God will abandon me? And the answer is no. If you ask the question, will God abandon me? Will he cast me aside? And the answer is no. And it says, and God will not go out for for battles, meaning God won't bring out his armies. The implication is no, he will do that. He will not abandon his people and God will indeed bring out his armies. So all of this is talking about how worship brings about God to go to work, to go to battle against the enemies of his people. Good news. This is the power of worship. Now look at verse 13. It says here, bring unto us. Now he broadens it. It's been always in the first person singular. Now it's in the first person plural. A reference to those who have the same faith as David. We could talk about the new covenant people. And he says, bring to us help, help from the enemy. Meaning the enemy is attacking. The enemy is active. Therefore, help us, God. Bring to us that that assistance. And then he says, and he's affirming something that we all need to really believe. We all need to meditate upon this. Where he says, Veshav. What is shav? Vanity futility emptiness he says and vanity is the salvation of man anything that man can offer man to assist it's in vain it's futile because the enemy is greater than humanity therefore we need a supernatural help and that supernatural help can only come from god because it is god and now let's look at our last verse verse 14 in the hebrew probably verse 13 in your bibles where it says be elohim now this means with god among god in god's presence in other words we will do valiantly it's a word of honor a word of glory and certainly it relates to success victory being delivered being the one whom god grants victory to so he says be elohim in god we will do valiantly and he notice that not us but he will defeat our enemies so understand where this psalm began it was a psalm that emphasized worship praising god singing unto him and making that as we saw a priority and when we do that we begin to reap we begin to receive the benefits of such worship and that is that god will distribute to his people his blessings he will keep his covenant promises we will receive that and god will go to work and we will be placed in a condition what condition valiant being that which is of value 
God working in our life gives us value to him so that we can serve him to do his work and in the end we're going to experience that victory and we have even more reason for praising and worshiping him so the spiritually mature life is a a cyclical life where we begin by worshiping god that worship brings about god's activity into our life that activity from god brings about the fulfillment of his promises we become blessed we become recipients of what he has promised and therefore having received that and that victory and the defeat of the enemy all together now we're better able to worship god to praise him to thank him and that's going to take us to the next level we're on that cycle of growing and maturing becoming more valuable to god what do i mean by that able to accomplish more we see god's faithfulness and god's faithfulness causes us to trust him more and more and the degree that we trust him rely upon him believe in him that means that we're going to be able to accomplish greater things doing greater purposes fulfilling those difficult things that god has called his people to do so we're going to grow we're going to mature we're going to experience victory and it's all rooted in that wisdom what wisdom worshiping god praising god and making that the priority of your life well i'll close with that until next week shalom from israel Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.